welcome to Her Journey Podcast, where we talk with incredible, talented, and powerful women about experiences. My name is Aline, and I'm your host, and today I'm joined with Chin Mai, the founder of Simply Neuroscience and student at Columbia University. All right, so let's start with having you talk a little bit about who you are and a little bit about your background. Awesome. Thanks for having me. My name is Chin Mai. I'm an 18-year-old originally from Northern California, which is where I'm currently located during the pandemic. Um, I'm in my second year where I'm studying neuroscience and medical humanities at Columbia. So definitely going the super interdisciplinary route, which is also the very strong base of which my nonprofit organization named Simply Neuroscience is based around. Um, Interdisciplinary neuroscience through a three-tiered framework of education, outreach, and awareness. And outside of, you know, the classroom and outreach, I'm also involved in research on campus and off. Um, When I was younger, I used to be really passionate about neurodegeneration. If you think of diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, for instance. But in recent months and recent years, it's shifted more into exploring memory in general and exploring the impacts of brain injury um, on a biological level and social level. So that's what I'm all about. And so at the end of the day, I would say I'm through and through a science enthusiast and really passionate about helping science reach communities. Awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned that you were pretty interested in, you know, related fields when you were younger. And so I'd love to know a little bit about how you actually developed that interest in these topics like neuroscience and psychology and, you know, related fields. Right. So I would say my love for neuroscience really started out of anatomy. Um, When I was younger, I just really was fascinated by how the human body worked, to be honest. And then I kind of had an epiphany in like late middle school, early high school, that the brain was one of those really, really complicated pieces of the human body. So me being the kind of person who really loves an adventure, set out on my expedition to learn about the brain. And here I am now. But obviously, there were a different, there were a lot of different steps. And I would say, you know, school classes, uh, getting more hands-on experiences, being able to work with research um, initiatives pretty early on really allowed me to gain a, a sense of uh, curiosity for those really hands-on explorations. I mean, just having the ability to have this question and go out and try to bring it to life and explore and be able to visualize a concept that you're reading about is something that I think continues to draw me to neuroscience. But I would say kind of the shift from more of my biology approach to neuro to more of let's look at, you know, neuro's connections to society at broad um, implications kind of came about through university. I think a large part of that was just because I had so many more opportunities for exposure, um, being just surrounded by world-class experts and seeing their work. Um, Just kind of opened a lot of doors to think more broadly. So that's kind of how I would say, you know, came into my interest in the medical humanities and looking at neuroscience and public health um, and thinking about, you know, how does, how do these implications play out from beyond the lab into everyday things that, you know, even normal citizens like us can visualize, not just um, super, super expert scientists. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, right. And I know you've done a lot of work related to these fields. And I know you do uh, a lot of work with Simply Neuroscience. But is there any other work that you've done in the past before you took on that larger project? Or would you say that Simply Neuroscience was kind of the first project that you really were you really deeper into this subject? I would say there were definitely quite a few different experiences in high school, but it was sort of not, most definitely not on the scale of simply neuroscience, or I'll, I'll call it SN for short. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to be fully transparent, I initially thought that SN would be a blog, just a one woman blog. And then it kind of, you know, people are really interested in coming together to work in those kind of spaces, especially. Um, at our age, at a younger, you know, standpoint in our journey. So it just kind of took off from there. That hopefully will be a little bit more perspective because I think a lot of my activities in high school were outside of research. We're just generally community-based. I mean, I mentioned that, you know, when I was younger, I had an interest in neurodegeneration. And that really came about from getting to know what senior citizens in my community, in my hometown, we're experiencing, um, especially in regards to dementia. So kind of seeing their lived experiences with, you know, a disease that really takes away your identity in so many ways over time. Um, I think just seeing that human impact um, made me start thinking, I, I, this is something that, you know, is not just specific about Alzheimer's, but the brain, the healthy brain, the diseased brain, all these different factors related to the brain have an impact on us at some point in our life, whether it be you know now when we're thinking about mental health as teens and being burned out, or when we're in our you know in the second half of our lives and thinking about you know age-related diseases. So I would say you know that was kind of the driving factor for a lot of research and outreach that I did when I was a little bit younger, um, not too much younger, just a few years back. Um, yeah, I would say kind of executing. SN's different initiatives and spearheading things on a global scale. I definitely have not necessarily attempted that concretely before, but I would say it was just a natural progression for the most part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that it's, it's incredible the work that you're doing related to this field. And especially I was super interested in your organization because I think the work you're doing is really incredible and you're making such a large impact. And so I'd love to dive more into your organization, Simply Neuroscience, because, yeah, I think it's incredible what you're doing. So can you tell me a little bit about uh, what exactly Simple Neuroscience, Simply Neuroscience is? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much. Um, so as I kind of briefly alluded to before, um, it's based around approaching neuroscience, but from a very interconnected, interwoven, interdisciplinary perspective. Um, and we really focus on, okay, first we learn, but then we share that and we apply it to our lives. So that's where the model of first education and then outreach and then awareness into our communities plays out, that kind of three-step model. The reason of why interdisciplinary in the, in the mission statement itself is something that I get asked about a lot. And it's because Science doesn't exist in a void by itself. It's not, you know, a bubble. And the same can really be said for neuroscience as well. I mean, it's really just hard to define neuroscience as what it is 
beyond just saying, you know, the study of the brain and the nervous system and behavior without bringing in the perspectives of a, of a lot of different fields. I mean, uh, someone who's involved in neuroethics has a different definition about what neuroscience entails from someone perhaps who was working with, you know, neuro and technology with brain computer interfaces and such. So there really is, and neuro art perhaps, or even neuro law, so many different intersections. So I'm really fascinated by how everyone of various backgrounds come together to make this field a reality. And that's really at the core of SN itself too, in terms of that community building aspect. Obviously, it's not really right to separate ourselves as just STEM or humanity students when we all have some sort of relation to understanding the brain um, and kind of that sense of unity and fostering that individual journey for each individual and considering that, you know, no one has a really prescripted path into the field is what we come down to at the end of the day. We just want to support students through a variety of avenues, initiatives, um, you know, whether it be a podcast, to seeing and learning about other people's stories, to being able to learn from yourself, to engaging with, you know, those kind of world-class speakers. Um, we really do try to provide that kind of a space for anyone to come in and make the most of their learning journey at the end of the day. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, your mission is super incredible, and I absolutely love it. And I know you do a lot of different projects, you host events, you have a podcast. And so I'd love to know specifically what kind of projects, events, or work your organization focuses on and um, maybe talk about some of the events that you've held in the past or projects that you are or have worked on. Sure. Um, and it's quite uh, broad. So I definitely would not do justice just summing it up super quickly. Um, but one of our, you know, um, highlights is the Humans of Neuroscience series. So, you know, familiar with the Humans of New York series, sharing stories of people, just similar basis, but kind of acknowledging that, you know, the stories of people in neuroscience that we hear on the news oftentimes are people who are older, more advanced in their field. They have these, you know, large degrees like PhDs and MDs. And that's not necessarily, you know, inclusive of everyone who's involved. So, Humans of Neuroscience tries to showcase, you know, not just those older, more established individuals, but people who are just caught in the middle of the way, still going on, fighting that uphill battle to find their perfect comfort zone. Even kids our age who are just, you know, trying to find their starting connections and grow their roots. Um, and I think that kind of, that kind of a nature of growing your roots still trickles down into a lot of the other initiatives. Um, so the Synapse podcast, for instance, uh, is really based around these multitude of series. So one of them is focused around exploring what neuroscience looks like at different undergrad colleges around the US, and now they're expanding to abroad as well. But just kind of getting the full picture of, hey, let's make it very clear and transparent what high schoolers looking to get involved in neuro at the undergrad level can expect. So that's one aspect. But also, you know, having these kind of um, laid back conversations with experts in the field about how they came to their work or talking about TikTok and its principles of psychology behind it. Um, very much digestible content that isn't just for the neuroscience junkies out there, but also can just be a great takeaway for anyone who's interested in, in getting along with the field. Um, our principle, I would say, of 
Perhaps the presynaptic project I could mention is based around hosting early neuroscience workshops. One of the biggest conception misconceptions that we try to fight is that you have to be, you know, a certain age at a certain educational level to get involved in this field. And that's not really the case. So the presynaptic project hosts workshops and series and interactive activities online right now because of COVID, but they're based around primarily getting, you know, middle school and early high school students engaged, um, just in the preteens as well. It's never too early or too late to get involved. And so even supporting that earlier side of the population is something that we're passionate about. And, you know, you mentioned the events before, that's kind of a big staple of ours, bringing in those diverse perspectives from neuro and economics and art to mental health advocacy. Um, I would say notable, a notable conference, I would say, was in late August. It was actually just one of our very, very first events. Kicked it off with a bang, really, I would say. Um, welcomed in, you know, people from all those different topics I mentioned. Um, for about, you know, almost 1,200 people, I think, from around the world signed up to attend. So it was not only just an insane experience to hear everyone, you know, who spoke and shared about their work, but also just the sheer number of thinking about, you know, 1,200 people coming together for a conference is pretty neat to think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. I think, like, the work you're doing is so, like, immense. And I think it's crazy that you're also at the same time you know, building a community and I'm super glad that my organization has had the opportunity to be involved in your simple neural network but for those who are actually unfamiliar with that part of your organization I'd love for you to kind of talk a little bit about that and maybe the community that you're building at the same time. Sure yeah um, so one of SN's initiatives that we really put into motion in late 2020 was the idea that, hey, like we're not alone in this world <laughs> in terms of thinking about raising awareness about mental health. We're not alone in thinking about neuroscience outreach. There's a lot of grassroots and local level impact, um, kind of satellite initiatives all around the world because people, you know, want to make change. And so one of our thoughts was that we don't want to be necessarily competing with people for, you know, the same things like let's come together at the end of the day and put our resources together and our minds together to build something bigger, stronger, and better that can reach more people. So that was sort of the formation of this Simply Neural Network uh, community, coalition, partnership network, you can call it a lot of different things. And so, you know, we're connected through this network in terms of talking about event collaborations and how can we connect remote virtual-based platforms with more grassroots level platforms and really spanning a whole spectrum of experience levels, ages, um, location targeted, audiences, demographics, content creation, the podcast, to YouTube channels, and so many other more avenues. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I think we're about a community of 73 initiatives or organizations strong. So it's a lot of people coming together and you can honestly see the power of it kick into motion. Um, in a couple weeks, um, I'm hosting a workshop about, actually, I think it's this weekend, never mind. Um, <laughs> but I'm hosting a workshop about um, productivity, burnout, and health, uh, health and wellness during high school um, with a couple other organizations that we met through the neural network. So 
Yeah, at the end of the day, kind of we spoke about unity really briefly as one of the core values earlier, and that's really what we're trying to build. Um, I mean, we do things a lot better when we all come together, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your organization has incredible value, and I know your organization is also doing a ton of different things, which I absolutely Thank love. You. And um, <laughs> yeah, of course. And so I know your organization has grown a lot since when it first started, but you know, did you expect it to grow this much? Completely honest, not at all. <laughs> um, it has been such a journey. Um, I definitely did not expect to that we would get this far. I mean, I honestly would have, I honestly would have been very content and happy if, you know, we were a group of 10 students just hanging out, having a good time, learning from one another and making, you know, that kind of change and mostly about learning along the way too and helping others learn. Um, But I honestly don't regret necessarily, you know, that we've grown so exponentially. I would never in my, you know, I would never regret it. It's been such a wonderful learning um, curve and an experience along the way. So I think it's honestly like this organization is a very defining aspect in my own journey with neuroscience. So, you know, it's not something that I would ever really turn my back on because I love it to death but yeah sometimes it's like oh my gosh it's it it is very time intensive to keep you know things going and always thinking about what can we do that's more innovative more inclusive you know more understanding of what people are going through connecting people with resources day in day out so um it's kind of a never-ending uh path but it's also really worth it along the way. So I, I don't, I never really regret the time that I put in, even if it means losing a couple hours of sleep here and there, uh, responding to bunches of emails. I mean, every part just builds up to something greater. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it's especially like rewarding when you see the impact that your work is actually making and seeing the progress along the way. And I know like you're doing a lot and making such an incredible impact with simply neuroscience. And so have you seen, you know, like an, an instance or a story of your organization really impacting someone or even supporting a group of people? And do you have any special stories from that? There's so many. <laughs> I mean, I can think of, you know, a lot of the stories of our team members, um, just really taking the organization's mission and making it their own I mean, the Synapse podcast, which is one of our initiatives, honestly, was not, not was, it was definitely not my idea. It was actually the idea of a newly joined team member um, who joined in, when was it? Uh, December 2019. December 2019, um, he just had an idea for a podcast. And so we hopped on a call and we chatted about it. And I was like, go for it. And now here we are, like, I think 30 episodes or something later, like multiple series, interviews. Um, just a very, very broad expansion of that idea. So that just kind of stands out to me, you know, and I think at that point, that team member was in, what, what was he? I think he was in, yeah, he was a junior. And now, you know, he's a senior. He's going to be graduating in a couple of months and taking Neuro with him into college. Um, and, you know, he's still going to be involved. So that really is kind of one that's near and dear to me, just seeing, you know, him bring his ambition to life. But I can think of so many others who kind of were wavery, were just slightly curious about the brain, but then found a sense of, I can only really describe it as empowerment. Um, 
and really kind of realizing that, hey, this was a perfect fit for them and not just something that, you know, was maybe cool to try. I think especially I see a lot of young women in the community. I mean, I identify as, you know, a woman of color. And up until college, I actually did not process that I'd never seen kind of an Indian woman in neuroscience that I can necessarily, you know, look up to or identify with. And I think that's a general struggle for a lot of women, especially of color. Um, And so one of, you know, one thing that we're really proud of is now that we've established ourselves in terms of, okay, what do we think about outreach? What do we think about this and this? Um, Here's how we want to carry this out is also very strongly bringing in a diversity, equity, and inclusion focus into our work is something that, you know, has been on the forefront of our minds. And it's, you know, I think just seeing the people involved in it in that aspect too um, is really great because at our age, sometimes, you know, we understand that it's so important to bring in those voices, but sometimes the system and institutions are against us. And so allowing students um, a way to kind of immerse themselves in that, think about how we can, um, you know, really bring our identities along with us into the conversation and think about myself as, you know, not just a neuroscientist, but a female neuroscientist of color. Um, And bringing all those experiences to the table is, I think that's something that I'm personally really proud of. And I'm really proud of a lot of team members for being able to uh, foster those kinds of conversations at a young age um, without formal training, but still be able to think about that and, you know, have a say. That really makes a lot of a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's amazing when you find people who share those same passions as you and really want to make a difference like you are. And so I absolutely love the points you brought up as well. I completely agree. And and I know that I we actually talked a little bit about how you kind of expected this organization to just, you know, be yourself and just a small little blog. But how did you and when did you decide that you really wanted to you know, make it more and dive Yeah, deep. I would say that, I mean, it was the people reaching out out of nowhere on LinkedIn, on social media and whatnot, and just saying, you know, hey, can I get involved? Um, so we, I think, set into motion the thought of let's become, let's become an organization or an initiative that runs on a nonprofit model in summer of 2019. So it was just actually a few months after uh, getting, you know, the train started, but Summer is obviously, you know, a big time for exploration, a lot of time on your hands. Um, And so we formally received nonprofit status under a fiscal sponsor in August of 2019. So just a few months after founding. But um, I think they're really, it was really incremental. So in retrospect, it's a little hard for me to kind of think back and and say, oh, this was the big shift um, when we did X, Y, Z. Obviously, I think all the different initiatives, they stemmed from ideas. And so um, if we just go back in time and chart out, you know, when did um, when did the podcast begin? When did the Humans of Neuroscience initiative begin? When did the, you know, mentorship program begin? All of these are sort of incremental and based on seeing gaps, realizing we need to fill them. And the people kind of, the volunteers and the team and the community built around that in terms of, there is this gap. Um, there's a lot of gaps, but they're filling these in creative ways. So let's kind of band around that, I would say. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I love that for your organization. And I think like, especially running so many initiatives and, um, you know, overseeing so many team members, it can be quite difficult and <laughs> quite overwhelming sometimes. So um, also, would you say, you know, were there any challenges maybe in the beginning or even running your organization, kind of um, diving deeper into all these different initiatives? Um, just were there any challenges that you had faced while trying to grow your organization? Yeah, I would say at the start, I mean, I obviously have not led a nonprofit organization before. So it's very much learning from the ground up. And I think I'm still learning every day. Um, but definitely, you know, um, understanding like what are the best team leadership versus individual leadership styles? How often, you know, should I check in and be of help? Um, and really, you know, searching for those proactive team members to take on. I mean, so many of the initiatives would not be possible without the proactive team members that make it a reality. So that's been really a blessing in that way. But definitely time management. I mean, one of my weaknesses is that if we want to put something together, I mean, I will put all my weight into making it come to reality because I help someone out there. So, I mean, <laughs> we're building, um, well, we're actually launching like right now at this moment, um, our first cohort of a mentorship program. And, you know, it's the first run through. And as we know, first runs through are always a little bit wonky. So <laughs> wrapping up kind of the tail end and things like that, because it's like, 800 and something people involved in the first cohort. So there's a lot of people don't want to let them down and want to make sure it's a smooth experience. And so today I, I worked for about, you know, five, six hours on just getting things together, which is insane because the hours all add up <laughs> every day, every week, every month. Um, so that's a little bit difficult, you know, knowing sometimes when to draw the line, but I honestly just throw all my heart into it because it's something I love more so than an obligation. But, you know, obviously always do take time for self-care <laughs> but um, yeah it's kind of like when I I really enjoy working on SN when I'm not doing school work it's kind of my relief and joy mm -hmm. yeah I think that the like, entire organization is pretty overwhelming and takes up a lot of time but you know if it's something that becomes fun so yeah that's amazing um again the work that you're doing I know I've said it a lot but <laughs> Thank so you. incredible and I also wanted to sort of shift gears because I know you do a lot of uh, other types of work related to neuroscience and also fields like you know public speaking and research especially and so I know you do I think you do research at Columbia and or Stanford I'm not really sure but I'd love to know about how you kind of first got involved in research and a little bit about your experience with research, whether it's in the past or in the present. Yeah, so I, I first got involved in research around early high school, I think after ninth grade or maybe it was before. But um, when I first started off, I would say I was kind of a weird mix between dry lab coding and wet lab kind of excuse me, work wet lab working in an actual laboratory environment. And then I got to college and um, kind of did a mix and also not quite the same exact path. So I still continued with a bit of wet lab work, more actually on the microscopy side. So I used to help out with taking pictures of cells um, through microscope techniques. And I would also, um, was also helping out with human participants in a more, you know, dry lab psychology uh, study, which I currently do so, though not in person because of COVID. 
but I've kind of slowly come for a full circle to do a little bit of coding again. Um, but I've also really shifted, and this was based on an experience with a, <clears throat> excuse me, student organization on campus that was about brain injury. And now I've kind of shifted into also researching brain injury um, from the uh, kind of patient data literature perspectives, but also the actual clinical research perspectives. So I've just been really blessed to kind of get that diverse range of experiences in the dry lab, working with humans, working with mice tissue, um, working, you know, in the clinical space, hopefully more post-COVID, but in a really wide range and a quite different, you know, um, variations of fields, I would say, kind of an evolution of interests over time to look back at it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, and like you're doing, you're doing a lot. And I know, especially, um, you know, going to Columbia, which is an incredible school and being in the city that opens up a lot of doors and different opportunities. And so would, what are some things that you became involved in within that city of New York, or maybe um, even projects you're involved in on campus? Yeah, so I mentioned being involved with the student organization about brain injury, it's called Synapse. And we're really big on engaging with the broader New York City community and you know community members who have experienced brain injury themselves, which has been really great in terms of getting outside of the Columbia bubble and seeing you know the impacts trickle um, into the wider city as well. That's been really cool. Um, other than that, I would say I'm involved in a few science outreach activities on campus, just focused around you know improving science literacy for the general public. Um, I would say you know I help out with. Uh, alumni connections, connecting current Columbia College students to alumni, which is pretty cool, very based around mentorship. Um, and just honestly seeing really cool people talk about their work. Um, oh my gosh, it's it's so weird while I'm sitting at home to think about what I'm doing on campus. <laughs> um, yeah, research is definitely a very big focus and um, kind of also through Engaging with just a lot of events and lectures and speakers coming onto campus and a lot of spontaneous events, I would say, um, has really been the defining experience, I would say, for me personally about Columbia is just, you know, there's sometimes one-off events, there's long-term commitments, and it's just a whole cycle of always being surrounded by things and countless opportunities and just being able to select um, and have just, you know, the blessing to and honor to be able to participate in a bunch of different avenues. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think it's amazing that you're really grabbing onto all these different types of opportunities. And I think, like, again, the work you're doing is super awesome and immense. And yeah, I mean, you're doing a lot of things and you are running an entire organization. But um, I know it might also be kind of troubling to think about, you know, future regarding your career out of college. And so I'd love to ask if, you know, simply neuroscience is something you plan on continuing to run even after graduating, and if you have any plans for your future career or other projects you plan on having in the future. Oh, absolutely. Um, I definitely don't see myself ever leaving SN. I'm always gonna be involved to some extent. I, I don't think that I'd obviously be involved as CEO for like the next decade of my life. Cause that's, I wouldn't necessarily be representing the demographic that we target. So that's not fair, but yeah, I'm always just gonna be involved to some extent or not. I mean, 
the organization is my brainchild, so I don't think, pun intended, so I don't think I'd ever really um, uh, kind of step away. Um, but yeah, for post-graduation, I would say um, it's likely, it's a tough, it's a tough, <laughs> it's a tough question, but I think some mixture of the clinical realm, some mixture of still being involved in research and academia, but still also having that value of scientific engagement. I mean, science communication is something that I think is super cool. So I definitely would love to have that be a more concrete part of my career rather than just a side hustle. So that's kind of what's on my mind right now, I would say, but who knows how it's going to look like in two more years. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think times definitely change, but I think it's awesome that you found something you're really interested in and are doing a ton of work, projects, research related to that field. So yeah, I'd, I'd just love to close off with hearing any advice you might have for high school students or just general students who want to get involved in neuroscience or related fields, or maybe even get involved in your organization in Simply Neuroscience? Sure. So I would definitely say neuroscience can be intimidating and it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's a really easy thing to say. And the way to put that into motion, I would say, is really just finding that space, that networking um, community of other peers, of people who are willing to guide you, and it, it does involve putting in a lot of time and effort, but that doesn't mean that, you know, the outcomes are not going to be good. In fact, they're going to be great if you put in the right, you know, energy with the right focus. Um, I grew up in, you know, a region where to kind of get my hands on the nearest neuroscience opportunity in person, I would have to drive a couple of hours. Um, and, you know, that's always not the most convenient thing to do, right? So the internet was my biggest resource. And I think Google is underrated. It has so much so much potential. And um, you know, it 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 very much is about just putting in the time to do your own research, um, asking lots of questions, keeping an open mind. I know some people who you know very much were like, I will only do neurobiology research and I'm not gonna do anything else. And I really say that's not the right mindset to have. Uh, I mean, it's great that you love neurobiology, but you do want to be, you know, flexible, open-minded, um, and understanding of just exploring a lot of broader fields out there. So I would say that kind of openness, willingness, um, and that drive to forge your own path and opportunities and ask questions and not be shy is one of the biggest driving factors. And I put that into motion a lot every day, too, um, and just getting the courage to cold contact people and you know, build relationships that being someone who's really shy can be a little bit intimidating sometimes. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's all about the journey and people make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes and fumble, but it's just important to have the end goal in mind. So whether that be, you know, you want to go to a graduate program in neuroscience, um, seek out opportunities along the way where you can either experience resources or build them yourself. Um, so, you know, SN has a lot of different routes to go about doing so, but whether it be, you know, outreach or whether it be research and et cetera, um, yeah, just keep on, just keep on paving your own route if you don't find one at the end of the day. I think people can sometimes feel afraid and drop something when they realize it's turning into a dead end, but you can be that person to make that dead end go into like a big intersection or a two-way street. 
going into road analogies today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's amazing advice. And I think especially that part about how there are a lot of resources, not only online, but all around you. And you just need to be able to have the courage to go and use those resources and take advantage of them. But yeah, I loved everything that we talked about today and your story is so incredible. And yeah, to end, do you have any platforms you wanted to shout out before we go? I mean, beyond just the organization as an organization, I also just wanted to share that we do have a lot of freely available resources that honestly, it's for people to consume. So um, if you have an interest in neuro, I would recommend, you know, reach out. Um, if I can help in any way, point you in the right direction, be happy to do so. Um, if SN can be of any help, we're always willing and happy to help with open arms. So, you know, I would say anything you want to check out, go to simplyneuroscience.org. Um, or you can find me if you just search Chinmay Balusu into both social media platforms, I believe. Find me there. Yeah, great. Well, thanks so much again for speaking today. It was a pleasure to know you and your background in neuroscience. And yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Mm -hmm.